football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops Podcast with Zach By, Presented by Superbook Sports. On your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy schedule with me here on the podcast. Reacting to a very impressive win in Miami against the Heat, 120-111 in a game that really wasn't as close as the final score uh, would indicate and massively important. Two things happened. One, you snap a six-game losing streak. Two, the MVP of the National Basketball Association is back in the fold. And to say that uh, his impact was felt uh, right out of the gate here would be an understatement. Uh, you know, when you're trying to define uh, what player A's impact upon return is going to be uh, with Nicola, I guess you can just say uh, his return is everything. He he is everything to this basketball team. And uh, obviously injuries abound uh, with Jamal still on the mend and Michael Porter Jr. with the back. We're going to talk about him a little bit later in the show in a more dedicated conversation. Uh, but in addition to those guys, P.J. Dozier and all this stuff, um, if you take Nicola out of that situation, well, you're just not going to win basketball games. Like just just flatly, you are not going to win. And that's what we saw over, what, a week and a half period of, of losing six consecutive games. Something that... Um, we are not used to seeing here in the Mile High City in uh, a number of years, uh, which is which is a good thing. But it's uh, a sobering reminder of the importance of uh, Jokic to this basketball team. It kind of goes without saying, but you like like I said, you do get reminded of it when you see the contrast of what it looks like when he's not out there. And we know the storylines coming in, you know, was going to be this like drama filled setting, um, a lot of um, you know noise on social media. Uh, in both markets, um, in uh, in advance of this one, you had the Jokic brothers, you know, reporting that they're going to be, you know, starting a Twitter account after that dust up with Markeith, and you know, uh, Morris still hasn't played, so I don't want to uh, minimize what happened at all. Uh, but at the same time, uh, really, was much to do about nothing. I mean, there was really no um, overtones at all. Um, outside of like someone looking for it on Twitter, there really was no um, no signs or clues that anything was uh, going to go down. A- a- you know, a- as you would hope, like these are grown ass men who are professional athletes, right? Like we're not in the street. Like this is this was a basketball um, you know disagreement that had to do with a non basketball player, whatever. Um, but this wasn't you know it 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 got uh, put aside like it should have, right? Like real beef. Out there, um, you know, people get hurt, people die. Uh, this is not that. So I'm glad that uh, we got back to the basketball setting 
uh, that it was in the first place uh, without all the, the overreaction. And I get it how emotions get involved and, you know, with loved ones and, and all that. So I get it. But I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that cooler heads prevail. Um, and credit to Adonis Haslam uh, for speaking up and, and just kind of uh, not laying down the sword, but like making it known um, as the leader and longstanding leader of that franchise. Uh, really a unique role for Haslam down there in Miami for him to speak up a couple of weeks ago. And um, I think that set the tone for what didn't happen uh, there on Monday night in Miami. A uh, couple things here. One, uh, Jokic was just brilliant. You see his impact. It is an add water and stir type of impact. Uh, you look at the raw numbers, 24 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists. He was a plus 17. Uh, just, you know, obviously terrific raw numbers. Um, but in Jokic's incredible Sterling career, the raw numbers will fall alongside a million other uh, basketball games that he's played and really not distinguished. But if you were watching that game the way I was, it's it goes so far beyond um, you know him scoring or the rebound total or a triple double or what have you. The impact that he has on others, it's just so incredible, and to see it. For a little bit um, without Jokic and then seeing it back in the fold. That's why I said add water and stir because it is a day and night difference. And you're seeing like, I'll, I'll give you an example of one play and it resulted in a, in a Bones Highland three. It was in the second half. I think it was late in the third, maybe early in the fourth. And uh, Jokic gets the ball on the right, a short corner. So he's like pushed out maybe four or five feet, as I recall it, um, from the block toward the three-point line on the right side of the floor. If you're looking at the basket, he's on the right side of the floor. And he gets the post entry from Aaron Gordon. And he kind of motions to Aaron Gordon to to dive, to cut towards the basket. So Gordon gives up the ball in the post entry and dives towards the basket. And Jokic is playing chess, of course. Um, he is uh, he is the Queen's Gambit, if I could steal a, 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 a recent uh, Netflix reference. Um He's playing chess. He is motioning Gordon to dive to the basket in order to get the help defender on the opposite block just to take a step towards him and address the cutter. Because you know Jokic has the ball. He's going to give it to Aaron Gordon for a dunk. And if you don't, if you don't, that's what's actually going to happen. But he's baiting the defender to step over into the lane and help. And because this happens, he has a cross-court pass to Bones Highland, who's waiting in the opposite corner to take a three. And those type of looks just don't happen when Jokic isn't playing. And you see the direct impact on the looseness and the freeness of the the basketball that they played. So, like, you're talking about 32-team assists. Like, the ball was just flying around. That's the Jokic effect. And, and you know, um, when, you're, when you're playing like that and you get off to an early lead and you feel like you're in control of the game, and they certainly were. They scored 32 points in the first quarter. They said on the Heat broadcast, I, I, I think I recall, it was the second highest total um, of first quarter points. That's the type of tone that was set. Because after one, it was 32 to 23. You got a nine-point lead. You're feeling great on the road, right? You've lost six in a row. You're feeling great. Uh, and the wind never really came out of their sails. Like the largest lead that Miami had over Denver on Monday night was two points. That was it. And I think that was like when Lowry made a three in like the middle of the first quarter, make it like 
10 to 12 or something like that. Um, the Nuggets were in the driver's seat. It was Jokic who was in the driver's seat steering the car. And when you're playing as free and loose as the Nuggets were, and it's of course it's easier to play like that when you have that lead for sure. But I think it was it's this is not a chicken uh, or the egg uh, thing. Like what came first? You are playing loose because you're playing the right way, and that's giving you a lead and allowing you to play even more loose. So, and you saw it uh, directly affect the three point shooting. And we've talked about this uh, here on the Mile High Hoops podcast here, um, like the basketball gods. I kind of say it in jest, but I, I do mean that there's something to it. Like when you are playing the right way, uh, you will get rewarded. And when you, when you make 18 of 35 from three, uh, and that's over 50%, um, that was the basketball gods rewarding the Nuggets for playing stylistically the way that they're playing. So you look at the made threes, it correlates directly with the, uh, uh, the 32 assists. I don't know where the 32 assists um, – uh, lands on like highest team assist total on the season, uh, but it's got to be up there if it's not number one. I already mentioned Nicola had seven of them. Aaron Gordon had five assists. Barton had four. Uh, Monte Morris had six. Uh, Faku had five coming off the bench. Uh, even Bones had three of his own assists. So I just think that um, this is who the Nuggets have been. That's what I'll say. Like you go back through the years. Now there's been periods where things get disjointed and injuries and you know it doesn't look quite like that um, but from a philosophical standpoint the way that the nuggets were playing on Monday night that is their identity playing great defense sharing the basketball like that and making the whole uh, greater than the sum of your individual parts so really great to see um I thought that uh, Aaron Gordon played really well again. Uh, he's putting together a really nice stretch of basketball. He finished with 20 points. He was a team high plus 18 when he was out on the floor. I mentioned the assists, had a handful of rebounds, um, got to the free throw line. He's been very aggressive, uh, made some threes. If you notice, um, when Aaron Gordon misses on threes, three of every four misses are short. Uh, and I thought he did a better job of getting that ball up a little bit. So you look at the last um, five games, I think it is, for Gordon, d- dating back to the uh, Chicago Bulls loss at home, uh, going back to November 19th on that Friday night when he had 28. Uh, he's fo- He followed that up with 16. Uh, now, granted, all in losses, but you got to remember the dynamic and the injuries and uh, him stepping up a little bit. Uh, 11 against Portland, okay, but it was 18 against Milwaukee and 20 against uh, the Miami Heat. So three out of the last five games, he has gone for 18 or more. And you can say four of the last five, he's gone 16 or better. So uh, good stuff there from Aaron Gordon. Talked about this um, pretty regularly that uh, I think that we're just scratching the surface between uh, Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic and the symbiotic relationship that those two front court players have. Uh, I can't wait to see this thing develop. Aaron Gordon, still only 26 years old, and I hope that this thing uh, is in its infancy. And in, in, in another year, like a year from now, these guys know exactly what the other is thinking before they even think it. So Aaron Gordon uh, has impressed me with his, uh, his acumen since he's been uh, in Denver. So hope to see uh, more of that. I wanted to give a de- dedicated shout out to uh, Faku Campasso, who was in double figures and here has been putting together a better stretch of basketball. You know, earlier in the season, starting with starting with the very first game of the year against Phoenix, if you remember, where it was a goose egg in 20 minutes and just didn't have the same impact uh, from a second unit that has struggled largely throughout the season. 
him having success, particularly with shooting the ball, is is a massive key uh, for that second unit, and he's been much better. Uh, I know he can be a divisive topic for sure, um, for reasons that are both fair and unfair. Uh, but I will say this, and then, and let me not reinvent the wheel. You can say this about most basketball players. He is a different guy when shots are going down, right? You could apply that to pretty much anyone. Um, but unfortunately for Faku, like he's had really bad stretches uh, this season shooting the rock. And you look at the last, I don't know, um, really the same stretch as Aaron Gordon uh, when he made a five, uh, five shots against the Bulls and four of them were three. And I'm pulling up his game log here. So Faku has a, a multiple three-point makes in five consecutive games. Four made threes against the Bulls, two against the Suns, two against uh, the Portland Trail Blazers, three against uh, Milwaukee last Friday, and then two for three from three against uh, Miami. So it's great to see, you know, he's he's aggressive. Uh, you saw him getting in, into the paint. I've talked about this uh, repeatedly here on the pod, that when guys simply get two feet into the paint, good things happen. And when Faku is getting in the teeth of the defense, whether he's uh, hitting the runner uh, the way that he did uh, once against uh, Miami on Monday night, whether he is kicking it out, um, you saw him aggressive in transition, uh, taking it to the basket himself. Uh, when I think it was uh, Zeke Naji uh, running with him on a two-on-one, you know, my mind says, hey, right play is to give that thing up and let Zeke try to finish that at the rim. Uh, alley-oop or otherwise, uh, he kept it himself and it paid off with an and one. So good stuff there uh, from Faku Compasso there uh, against uh, the Miami Heat. And then really, you know, a just a, a all-caps, bold, and italicized uh, shout-out to Bones Highland. Um, Bones Highland is one of the most exciting players that the Nuggets have, and for him to miss the time that he did, be banged up, and come off the bench and in, score 19 points in 21 minutes on six of nine from the field, five of those six uh, being threes. I mean, golly, making five threes in an NBA basketball game is really hard to do. All right? That is really hard to do. Making five threes in your 15th NBA game ever uh, colored me impressed. And I've already been impressed. With bones, um, but for him to you know make the impact that he did, and by the way, like <laughs> none of those threes got reviewed. There was no toe on the line. Like that guy was putting up bombs from three, absolute atomic bombs, like Steph Curry, uh, distant Dame Lillard esque bombs. So I just thought um, he was great. Bones was great uh, and was a plus eight, and we'll see how much uh, you know. Obviously. You can't, um, you know, you can't rely on that. That's not going to remain a constant. Uh, but you're hoping there's some middle ground that you can bank on getting every night. And if if you do, that could change that second unit, that much maligned uh, second unit. So I'm trying to count here how many different Nuggets made a three. Uh, Jeff Green did. Aaron Gordon did. Will Barton made uh, four of them. Uh, Nicola did. Uh, Monte did. Uh, Zeke Naji uh, made his only three he took. Faku, we've already talked about making two. Uh, Bones, we've talked about making five. And Austin Rivers also made a three. So that's nine different players. Wow. Nine different players uh, chipping in uh, that ultimately equal those 18 uh, made threes. So really good, man. I mean, you're talking about 32 assists, 18 made threes against one of the league's best teams. 
against one of the league's best defensive teams? Like, how many times has the Miami Heat uh, gave up 120 points this year? I, I, I and they mentioned something about it on the Heat broadcast. I forget. I want to say it's just the second time that they've given up that type of total. Uh, and I think it was to the Lakers a little bit earlier in the season where they gave up 120 in L.A. Uh, but outside of that, like, this is it. So I was really impressed uh, from both uh, you know scoring output against a really good defensive team. I know they didn't have Jimmy Butler. We, we, we got it. Uh, Nuggets are missing some guys, too. Um, so, yeah, I... I I just was very, very impressed. I mean, it wasn't just a win to break a six-game losing streak. It was a win that was um, dominant, just flat-out dominant. That's the truth. Like, that final score, 120 to 111, um, it wasn't that close. It was not. Um, Yet, the Heat had guys banking in threes down the back stretch of that game and, you know, making a three. Uh, I think it was, um, who was it? I think it was Vincent there that made a three with no time left. Um, so there was some, like I said, some window dressing uh, to finish that game. That that felt like a twenty point win, uh, and the Nuggets at one point up uh, up twenty four. So th- that was not something I foresaw. But this is who the Nuggets are, right? This is like what they've done uh, every time that you're like, oh crap, they could get absolutely blown the hell out in Miami. They come out and blow out the Heat. So I absolutely love it. Um, shifting gears here. Um, Actually, let me talk about uh, the j- just the just the schedule coming up here. Uh, there's six more road games awaiting the Nuggets uh, with Orlando first on a Wednesday night, uh, December first. Uh, at the time of recording, that is tomorrow night, and then they're off a few days. They don't play until Saturday in like a matinee uh, at the New York Knicks. That's going to start eleven locally here, one o'clock there uh, in the Big Apple, and then they go to Chicago, to New Orleans, and play San Antonio. Uh, in a uh, back-to-back, both in uh, the uh, uh, San Antonio. So that, that'll be on Thursday and Saturday. So that's just a quick snapshot of what the Nuggets are looking at moving forward. So honestly, I'll tell you what, go 3-3 three and three and come out of that seven-game uh, road trip with a winning record, and I think uh, everyone in Nuggets Nation will be doing a fist pump. Uh, as right now they're 10-10, and 10, come back game over 500 with the Wizards and Timberwolves waiting for you. I think that'd be a pretty good scenario that uh, just about everyone uh, that I know um, would would uh, would would co-sign. All right, uh, I want to have a a little bit um, a segmented, dedicated conversation about Michael Porter Jr. Uh, we did get the news here in the last uh, forty-eight hours that we didn't have in the last recording of the podcast that Michael Porter Jr. is going to be down for a while. He's going to be down for a while. Uh, he does need back surgery agent is saying that he expects MPJ to make a full recovery. Um, this is a, um, it's a tricky conversation because contractually there's just still years and years to come. Okay. For, for Michael Porter Jr. As a Denver nugget. Uh, there's very, there's, there's a lot of angst though. There is. Um, we're, we're not even into year one of that extension, right? That doesn't even kick in until next year. And I will tell you here, as I sit, and I would love, I would love to be wrong about this, but as I sit here at the time of recording Tuesday, November 30th, um, I am not expecting to see Michael Porter Jr. at all uh, the rest of this year. Uh, n- not, not at all. Um, you know, a midseason, uh, ba- I know we're not technically at midseason, but an in-season back surgery uh, with a player that you now have so much invested in. I mean, you're talking about, couple hundred million dollars um 
Potentially. I, I forget what the initial number is. That's guaranteed 176 or something like that. Uh, but the, the, the investment in, in Porter Jr. is so massive. I would actually be shocked, like stunned, if we saw him again this season. Uh, if you remember back to his first year, how cautious um, and conservative the Nuggets organization was with, with MPJ, and, and, and rightfully so, of course. Like, they handled it the right way. Um, I think that is an indicator on how they will handle him this time around. Um, so if you go back and um, you listen to some of the podcasts uh, from weeks ago or whatever, we're talking about the Jamal stuff and you know potential MPJ stuff, and I would refer to um, this season uh, as the year before the year. Um, you know, obviously, we want the Nuggets to compete at the highest level to absolutely get out of the first round. You know, get back to the Western Conference. Like we, like yes, you want all that stuff, right? Um, but looking at it just totally pragmatically, without emotion, um, I think it is reasonable uh, considering the arc of Jamal's return, uh, what has happened to Michael Porter Jr., uh, that the championship aspirations are on hold until next year. Now, at the same time, you don't want to dismiss windows. Like, you're never sure what it's going to look like. What if what if Michael Porter Jr. never comes back? Like, like knock on wood. Like, you don't want to just hold your breath um, for things that are super uncertain. Um, what if Jamal, you know, uh, takes a full year? I was talking to George Carl today, and he said, this, is, this was a two-year thing. This is a two-year uh, recovery for, for Jamal Murray. And... You know, I think I do think there's some merit to that. Even um, how great he's looked in his rehab and some of the developments and him dunking a basketball and, and all that stuff. Um, but it it does kind of feel like that in terms of championship aspirations. Not 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 getting out of the first round. Not not being super super competitive in the second round. Like if Jamal comes back and takes, you know, I don't know, um, two months to really to quote him, play with the same force that he did before the injury, if we see that at all this year. And Aaron Gordon's still healthy, and the MVP's still healthy, and Will Barton, you know, um, it, you know, is, is, is still the best version of himself that we've been seeing. Um, if, the, if the bench unit can, you know, figure out a more reliable identity, like, sure, we can, we can use our imagination a little bit with this group, but there does feel like a hedge on this season. Um, and if you feel like that, I think you're fair to feel like that. So it's still early, guys. We're just turning the page to December. We got a lot of basketball left to be played. And the Nuggets need to tread water as long as possible. Um, I am far uh, less concerned how they look in um, November and December uh, and, and as I am how they look in you know March and, and April. Uh, so we, we shall see. We shall see. Um, but this, this road trip is interesting. It's the longest road trip of the year. Seven games. You already probably got the most improbable win of the road trip in your pocket. I think that's fair, traveling to Miami. Um, so here we go. Let's see what they do uh, on Wednesday against Orlando. And you know that whatever happens in Orlando on Wednesday evening, we'll be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. 
football is back and the world-famous Superbook Sports is ready for all the gridiron action. Looking for a place to catch the game? Head up the hill to the Lodge Casino in Blackhawk and experience the thrill of the games live on one of our 28 state-of-the-art TVs. Superbook Sports has all of the amenities you could ever want in a traditional sports book. Good food, tasty beverages, and the best view in Blackhawk. Now the Lodge Casino is your first place for fun and for sports. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for help. 